why you came to church. But ultimately, the reason why I'm here, I'm here to worship Him. I'm here to appreciate God. I give thanks to Him. We bless God for another month. He has brought us into the month of October. My brother, my sister, do not take this for granted. I ask you, how many people were buried last month? Uncountable. But that you are standing before him this morning, not because of your righteousness. So I appreciate God and thank him. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Almighty God, everlasting Father, we thank you so much for another time again, a time to dwell in your presence, and a time to hear you speak. I pray, O oh God, the Lord, as we go through the pages of the Bible, open our hearts, O oh Lord. Speak to us, Lord. We pray that let your word come like hammer. Let your word be like fire. Hard desire, let your word be like water that will quench the task. Take us from where we are to where you want us to be. Let your word vitalize our mortal bodies. Let your word bring life to our system. Let your word awaken us unto righteousness. Let your word rebuke us from sin. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. Blessed be your name. Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Celebrate the Lord and give him praise as you take your seat. Once again, let's appreciate the vessels. Thank you. Back to the book of Nehemiah, where we earlier read. 
But this time around, I'm not going to read the entire chapter because of time. I will read only two verses. The book of Nehemiah, chapter 6. I will read verse 15 and 16. Nehemiah, chapter 6. I will read verse 15 and 16. Let's continue to pray for our beloved ones that are sick. That the Lord will visit them and heal them. In Jesus' name. Now, verse 15. The Bible says, So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elu in 52 days. Then verse 16. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work has been done with the help of our God. The Bible said they realize that this work has been done at the help of our God. May the Lord arise to help you. May he be your help. May he be your source of strength in the days of adversity. In the name of Jesus Christ. So the topic today, this morning, We'll be talking on uh, finding renewed strength for God's work. Finding renewed strength for God's work. Once again, Lord, our hearts are open. We pray let your word not go out in vain, but rather let your word have its dwelling place. In our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, Nigeria at 62. When you look at the nation, Nigeria at 62, those of us that saw the independent and witnessed it, probably you may want to say, What was then? Things have changed. The lifestyle then. It's no longer the same. Or if you just cast back your mind to two or three decades from now, 30 years ago, some of us can really testify that things are no longer normal. Rather, things are changing. If you ask children of nowadays, they will tell you their own story. But some of us that grew up and we saw the things our parents did how they train us up and how they brought us up, how they help us to know and realize that there's dignity in labor. It's no longer so. Today, you agree with me that crime is on the increase. In those days, people were afraid to commit any crime because if they realize that you have committed any crime and your name is mentioned, then it will affect the entire family in the community. So nobody wants to hear that. So it was very rare. But not so again today. Now from the passage we've read, by way of background, when Babylonian soldiers marched out of Jerusalem in 586 BC, they left a desolate city behind them. Mind you, when they went in there, Nebuchadnezzar, they ensure that they destroy the city and burn down so many things. They put people to sword, men and women. And those who escaped the sword were taken to captivity in faraway country, Babylon. It was such a terrible situation. If you ask our elderly one, those who saw civil war many, many years ago, we never pray for it. And I want to plead with those of us that are young, that find time, probably, and get those video clips and see what happened then. Probably that will awaken us. So I come again when Babylonian soldiers marched out of Jerusalem in 586 BC. They left behind a desolate city. Its magnificent temple built by King Solomon 
400 years earlier, was reduced to nothing. The temple of God, a place where God's people gathered together to worship. That temple was brought down. The city gate and all its important buildings were enveloped in flames. Those of you that have been going to Jerusalem oftentimes, you will see all of this I'm talking about. His strong walls demolished to ensure that the impoverished people or citizens could not organize any revolt as attempted by helpless Zedekiah. Now, only the poorest of Jerusalem people were left behind. People that were so feeble, those who were not strong, those who were incapacitated, they were left behind. The rest of them all were taken to captivity in distant Babylon. Now, there are times I, when you watch what is happening within Africa, especially some of these African nations, it's so terrible and so pathetic. The rate of poverty, the rate of crime, the rate at which people are displaced from their various communities, so terrible. There was a time I saw a video clip of people in Niger said, very close by here. And I saw a whole community, many women, men, all, we are rushing out of the community. Because of what? Because of bandits. Now just imagine, if there is any disaster within the city center, none of us will be here. None of us will come to church. None of us will come to church. I am bringing this message because we are talking about Nigeria at 62. And I have been praying deep down in my heart that may God Almighty continue to preserve his nation. In the name of Jesus Christ. I can't hear your amen. May God preserve Nigeria. So, as the despondent exiles tram the thousands miles of desert highway, their steps were heavy. Because they were displaced from their community. Their steps were heavy. Not an easy one. A burning city was behind them. An unknown future lies ahead. Asu has been on strike for how many months? For about seven months now. I ask you, church. I ask Nigeria. I ask our leaders. What lies ahead? What lies ahead? To have our children out of school for over seven months. So terrible. So terrible. And you know, sometimes those of us that are privileged to take our children to school, whether within here or outside the nation, you know, some of us with hope and expectation that they will come back. But mind you, by the time they return back, they will come and they will mingle with these out-of-school students. They are not going to have their own society differently. They are going to mingle with them. And that's why today you discover that some people who just burn houses, burn property, it does not bother them. Because they don't have the future. So nothing worries them at all. While we are trying to keep our children secure and keep our family secure, we labor. But we have the other people from the other side that are so gullible. What country are we going to have? Worst of all, we are the tormenting thoughts that the future was bleak. King Nebuchadnezzar ensured total destruction of the city in order to teach Israel a lesson. The blinded kings in Israel, shackled and humiliated, all of this happened as chastisement to God's people. Now, earlier it was said, in as much as we keep encouraging people to get their voters card, but it goes beyond that. It goes beyond voters card. If you want Nigeria to be a better nation, it goes beyond getting voters card. I ask you, how are you contributing to the betterment of this nation? You seated here. 
What is our contribution? How do people know you? Are you making any impact in your little corner? This is so serious that each one of us should take this to heart. Now God promised his people through prophets to bring them back to their land. Inspired by the message, challenge his people. Men like Haggai, men like Zechariah, men like Malachi, all of them, they brought persuasive truth to the returned people. Now, every generation, God always raised men for himself to stand in the gap. In God's strength, men like Zorubbabel organized the rebuilding of a temple. And I pray that God will raise men, not outside the church here, but God will raise men and women within us here so that Nigeria will be better. In the name of Jesus Christ. Our problem is that we, we put expectation and we, we play blank game. They are the one. What about you? The leaders of the, the politicians, or oh, because they occupy high-profile position, we have high-profile personalities, but the change begins where? With me. So, in rebuilding the temple, while Ezra proclaimed the centrality of God's word, Nehemiah made possible the rebuilding of those broken walls. So, in every generation, God equipped trusted people or servants to stand in the gap. If there is any message Nigeria has seated to, is that God is in need of men and women, credible, credible people that will stand in the gap and rebuild the nation. It will require paying the price. Nehemiah was called to serve God at the time when the Israelites were emerging from a traumatic years in exile under the Babylonian and also the Persian domination. The people lived as subjects without their Davidic king and his embodiment of national security and the spiritual ideas. All of these things were no longer there. There was no land, no temple, and the great days of vigorous prophetism, all of those days had gone. Sometimes ago, I told you when these people were taken, and their enemies came to them and said to us, sing for us the Zion songs. They said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? How can we rejoice in Nigeria when things are going bad? How can we rejoice in Nigeria when you cannot travel from here to Kaduna? How can we rejoice in Nigeria when our brothers and sisters are killed? Talking about husband crisis. What crisis? When people are sleeping at night, you just go and hug them down. Butchered women are on that stage. Bring out the babies. There was no land, no temple. And the great days of vigorous prophetism had gone. So the book of Nehemiah is a visible reminder to the Israelites and also to us of the unchanging mercy of God. No matter what is happening, I just want to say to us seated here that it's because of God's mercy. Nigeria is what it is today. Sometimes I ask, I say, look, do you imagine had it been there's crisis and things had gone out of hand and then all of us running helter-skelter, which nation, which neighboring country will take us or will accommodate us? Or probably, can we say Cameroon? You think Cameroon will be able to take all of Nigerians? Or Togo? Or Ghana? Can you just help me say thank you, Jesus? That we are still in our country. May God's name be glorified. Life has changed for them. And some of their treasures institutions, we are no more. But the Lord was with them. In spite of what is happening in Nigeria, I announce to you that God is with us. I say God is with us. In the midst of all the killings, God is with us. In the midst of banditry, God is with us. In the midst of economic dilapidation, God is with us. 
in the midst of political upheavals, God is with us. And he will continue to abide with us. He brought us from January, and here we are in October. And by the grace of God, we shall celebrate the year 2023. I say we shall celebrate 2023 in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me hear a louder amen. Now, let's examine the character of a man called Nehemiah. And I will give you about five to six lessons, if possible, because of time. Number one, looking at this man called Nehemiah, having got to the background, Nehemiah was a man with infinite compassion. A man with infinite compassion. He was such a compassionate person, this man called Nehemiah. In chapter 1, verse 4, look at your Bible, Nehemiah. Chapter 1, verse 4. He said, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the Lord. He prayed before the God of heaven. Indeed, Nehemiah was a man of compassion. May God give you a compassionate heart. In Jesus' name. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. We are talking about the first point. Nehemiah was a man of compassion. Number one, Ephesians chapter four. The Bible says, be kind and compassionate to one another. If you want Nigeria to be good, if you want a better nation, be kind and be compassionate to people. As a leader, you are placed in position. God has taken you and you have risen to pinnacle. Not because you are, you are the most educated person, but because of God's mercy. As a leader in your office, be compassionate. As a father, be compassionate. As a brother, be compassionate. Whatever position you occupy, be compassionate to people. Nehemiah had the spirit of compassion in him. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. The Bible said, Therefore, as God choosing people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Verse 13. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord does what? Forgave you. I pray for you. May you be compassionate to people around you. Change begins with me. Don't only talk about it. You are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. We are to preserve our community, our families, and our society, our offices, through our flavor. The second point, looking at the character of the man called Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a man of prayer. In chapter 1, verse 4, look at the Bible. For some days, Nehemiah said, I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said in verse 5, The Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, verse 6, let your ears be attentive and your ears and your eyes Open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servant, the people of Israel. He said, I confess the sins we, with him inclusive. I confess the sins we, Israelite, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. Verse 7, we have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, the decrees and laws you gave your servant Moses. Look at verse 11. Jump to verse 11 because of time. Lord, let your ears be attentive to the prayer, your servant, and the prayers, the prayers of your servant, who delight in reverencing your name. Now, Nehemiah was a man of prayer. He was able to achieve even the rebuilding of the broken walls he was able to achieve that through prayers. See, there are times some of us, because God has elevated us, you look at yourself, you see how well elevated you are in office, you look at everything surrounding you in office, how spacious that office is, and then suddenly something just gets into you, and you become so bossy. And anytime you rise up in the morning and you are going to the office, you just go in that office with your shoulders so high because the place is so spacious. But mind you, others were there. Others were there before you. Where are they? If you go to some ministries, 
you will see you will see photographs of people. Bless, this one was there as palm said, so 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 yeah, to so 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 yeah, you know, like that, like that, like that. And many of them spread across. May God help us to be humble. May the Lord help us to be humble. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will succeed if indeed you are a man of prayer. So Nehemiah was a man of prayer. No believer's spiritual life will ever rise to stay above the level of his prayer life. At all. So if you want the church to grow, if you want Echo Goodies, my Dharma, to rise, and we are talking about revival, then it must be seen in our prayer lives. See, it is not enough for you to say you pray at home and then not participate in the church prayer. It's very, very wrong. And I say again, it's very, very wrong. No matter how busy you are, find time. Join other believers to be in the place of prayer. I ask you, all of us laboring in order to expand God's kingdom here on earth. When our work is done here on earth and we get to heaven, are you going to stay in heaven alone? Not at all. So the place of prayer must be a, a thing of priority to every believer. Thank you, Hector. My wife is not here today. So, no believer's spiritual life will ever rise to stay above the level of his prayer life. Another thing again I'd like you to know about prayer. Prayer marks the level of a genuine Christian life. Prayers. How do you pray at home? When you get up in the morning, how is your prayer life like? See, some of us, by the time, look at me. By the time you wake up in the morning, the first thing maybe you will sit at the edge of the bed. And then some will just pray like this. Father, I thank you for today. Thank you because you have blessed me today. And then you she's already going to the bathroom, she will. Then why some will go on their knees and pray and pray in the night? Why you bow there and then you are praying? You will not even know how the prayer ends. You are laughing? You will not even know how the prayer ends. So we just lie down and start praying. Already you are lying down so exhausted physically and then you begin to pray. You will not even know whether how the prayer ends. May we be awakened unto prayers. In Jesus name. You are what you are on your knees. There are things you must settle on your knees. Some of the challenges you pass through in office, it is not by might, it's not by power. It is not strength and capacity. You can talk to God about them. No church ultimate or effectiveness will rise to stay above the level of its corporate prayer life at all. So when we talk about prayers, you are not there. I am getting disturbed in my spirit because we come here and we take communion. We make commitment between us and God and then we go through fellowship covenant and make such utterances in the presence of God. We stand before him and make pronouncement that will be committed and yet at the end of the day we are so preoccupied and so busy with other activities. Do you know why? Prayer is not a priority to you. It's not. And I repeat again, the reason why you don't come for prayer meeting, because prayer is not a priority to you. And let me tell you the reason why it's not a priority to you. If you get up in the morning and you discover your body is weak, you are sick, will you go to office? Talk to me, church. Where will you go to? Why? Oh. Because it's a priority. You go to hospital. Go to hospital. Church, before we begin to point finger at others, let's not forget that the other ones are pointing at us. Righteousness exalts, but sin is a reproach to any people. 
Ask yourself, if people are to pray the way you pray, what kind of church do you think we will have? What kind of church do you think you will have? Some of the trials and the challenges you go through, all because you do not pray. Number three, quickly. Nehemiah was a man of integrity. And you can see that these days in our Sunday school, God has been visiting us with the issue of integrity. He was a man of integrity in chapter 1, verse 6b. Nehemiah did not only recognize the sin of Israel as a nation, but he confessed his own personal sin. And even the sins of his family members, he confessed to God. He said, we have sinned with myself, in, with my father's family. I gave contribution during the Bible study. I said, look, men of integrity do sin. But the difference is that men of integrity do not cover their sins. They confess them. And that's why David was a man after God's own heart. Nobody is righteous, but we pursue righteousness. Anytime you realize you have sinned, confess your sins. And do you know the danger there is? Sin becomes very strong in your life when you try to hide it. That's where sin is most powerful. So what sin are you hiding? What sin? He was a man of integrity. And we are saying, God, give us a better nation. Let Nigeria rise again. And we are not being sincere with ourselves. Why is it that you don't allow your wife to touch your phone? Because it has coronavirus. Why? Because there are hidden things. The password you have there, nobody can access it. We are talking about integrity. Integrity has to do with little, little things. God, have mercy on us. That you will raise amidst us Nehemiah of our own generation in the name of Jesus Christ. Church, let me hear amen. amen. Point number four. Nehemiah was a man of vision. A man of vision. To be a man of vision, you must see above the threat. You must see above the surface. Vision is to have a deep dissatisfaction with what is and a clear grasp of what could be done to improve situation. That is vision. That is vision. Have vision concerning your family. Have vision concerning your office. Have vision concerning that business. Nehemiah became indignant about the situation in Jerusalem. He sought for ways in order to ensure that the walls were reduced. I pray may God broaden your vision in Jesus' name. Lesson number five. The Bible said the gracious hand of God was upon Nehemiah. The gracious hand of God was upon Nehemiah. Look at chapter 2, verse 17 to 18. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in? Jerusalem lies in ruin, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. I will no longer be in disgrace. I pray that God will rebuild the walls of Nigeria. I say, God will rebuild the walls of Nigeria. God will rebuild the economy of Nigeria. Our institution shall be strong in the name of Jesus Christ. Our economy shall be strong. Church, I'm prophesying God will rebuild Nigeria in the name of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 18, chapter 2. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God. Hmm. The gracious hand of God upon me. So, the gracious hand of God was upon Nehemiah. I pray may the gracious hand of the Lord be upon you. I say God's gracious hand be upon you. Be upon you in office. Be upon you in business. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lesson number six. Nehemiah recognized the necessity of delegation. He recognized the necessity of delegation. If you read chapter 3, verse 1 to 22, Nehemiah made sure that the responsibility for each section of the world was entrusted to responsible co-workers and they in turn recruited their partners who work with all their hearts. So he delegated responsibility. 
You want to do everything in the office. Why? <laughs> I had somebody say, if you chop alone, I didn't say it to, you know. So he delegated responsibility. At times when you see us here asking people to come and play one role or the other in the church, we are delegating. And our heart desire that in this church, God will raise credible people, men of prayer, men who are dedicated, men who love their God, men who will serve not only with lips, but also in action. Here, God will raise evangelists. In this church, God will raise pastors. In this church, God will raise ambassadors, men that are credible. Men that they are, when their names are mentioned, everybody will stand still. Name has to do with your personality. Name has to do with your image. Delegate responsibility. Nehemiah did that. Lesson number seven, as we begin to round up. Nehemiah was a man who made personal sacrifice. He made personal sacrifice. In chapter four, verse 23. Neither I nor my brothers no, my men, no, the guard with me took off our clothes. Look at that. Neither I, no, my brothers, no, my men, no, the guards with me took off their clothes. Each had his weapon, even when we went for water. Sacrifice. They had bow and arrows. Now, with, with the issue of banditry going on, you know, some have challenged us, leaders, and they say, look, why can't the church have temple soldiers? You know temple soldiers? That will guard the church. Well, I think this is an argument between the activists and the pacifists. Leave that to theologians. But the activists will tell you that, look, if somebody slaps you here, tell him that there's no more cheek to slap. Why the pacifists will tell you that if somebody slaps you here, Go to Lola in prayer and God will fight your battle. So Nehemiah made a sacrifice, dedicated his time and energy. Nothing significant come your way unless this factor is settled. Sacrifice. We must make sacrifice. You want to get everything at a go. It does not work that way. And that's why earlier I was talking about dignity of labor. Dignity in labor. When you walk, Yes, and you get pay. You rejoice over it, and God bless the work of your hands. Not cutting shortcuts. Shortcuts are wrong cuts. So be very careful. Be very careful. If you ask people who today God has established them, ask them their life story, where they are coming from. Ask them. Ask them. And then you see somebody, you know, he's blessed and he has cars. He has houses. And then you are talking nonsense. Shut up. Shut up. You see, the way God does his thing, he has plans for each one of us, isn't it? That's God for you. He has plans. He has plans. Life begins gradual. And that's why you, don't, you need not to despise the days of little beginning. Appreciate God. You jump here, you jump there, you jump here, you jump there. You are not patient with life. See, even in civil service, you grow gradually. You grow gradually. But suddenly you just want to put your hand there, dip in your hand, and then plug it out. Abba. Sacrifice. Please tell your brother, make sacrifice for better tomorrow. I pray may we teach our children to make sacrifices so that their tomorrow might be better. In Jesus' name. Finally, Nehemiah had the heart of gratitude. Nehemiah had the heart of gratitude. Nehemiah had the heart of gratitude. And I pray that the Lord God Almighty will help us as a church to live by example, to appreciate God and be thankful in spite of the difficult situation and circumstances we are passing through. Like mommy said, mommy Akusa said, look, it has not been easy when those women will come with a desire to see her husband, she will turn and he's not there. Still thank God. She says it's not easy to thank God when someone has lost her husband. But the Bible said, in all situations, in all circumstances, do what? Give thanks to God. 
Yes, things are not working the way we desire in Nigeria, but in the midst of that, we should do what? We should give thanks to God that we still have a nation. Praise the Lord. I say 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 praise the Lord. I pray for you that may you replace every regret in your life with gratitude in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, things are not coordinating. Things are not working out for you presently. But it does not matter how long there will be light at the end of the tunnel. If you are patient and you stay focused, you will navigate through the other side of the shore. Just be patient with life. Look up unto God. And here we are looking at credible men. Men like Nehemiah. There were so many men. But here his name is mentioned in the Bible. Among many men, many of them were there. In their thousands. See, when Nebuchadnezzar went into Jerusalem and burned down the city, there were many people. But Nehemiah's name is mentioned. I'm praying that in the next generation, may your name be mentioned. May your name be mentioned. That you were among people, among women that distinguish yourself. We have them in the Bible. Sarah. We have Deborah. We have Esther. Who stood tall to tall. And she gave her life. And she went into the king's court. And said no matter what. For the sake of my people. If I perish. I perish. She gave her life. She asked people to pray for her in Susa. She said keep praying. And I will go and see the king. She gave her life. Nehemiah gave his life. Sacrificially. Do you know what it takes for you to be fighting in the midst of bandits? I saw a video clip, finally, before we pray, I saw a video clip of a policeman, or a military man or so, in uniform. You know, they were going into war, into battle, and all of them went on their knees, and they prayed, and one of them was praying and saying, God, I'm going now for this battle. My wife, if you don't see me again, take care of my children. I'm going into this battle not knowing what lies ahead. Those are heavy words. Sacrifice. While they are there in the battlefield, we are here. We are seated here. Come for prayers, you won't come. Come for Bible study, you won't come. If they ask you, you say you're busy, your hands are full. Stay busy. Stay busy. But Jesus is coming back again. Mind you, He's coming back again. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before the days of darkness come, when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. When those moments will come, that you want to stretch and you can't. You want to serve God, it's late. Please, don't give God, don't give God leftovers. He needs your strength now while you are still strong. He needs your strength. It is not when you, you become so feeble, like vegetable, and then you say you want to serve God. How long time do you still have here on earth? I ask, within last month, the month of September, how many people were buried? How many people died? If you think God is not good to you, take a stroll, go to the hospital. And see people there. You will appreciate God. You are complaining. May God give us heart of gratitude. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for you. That in this month. The month of October. Can you rise on your feet? That in the month of October. The Lord be gracious to you. In the month of October. The Lord will answer you. In the month of October, God will give you breakthrough. In the month of October, God will draw you closer to him. You will not fall apart in Jesus' name. God will rest amidst us men and women of integrity. I pray that in the month of October, God will rest for us Nehemiah of our own generation. In the name of Jesus Christ. I give you time to pray briefly as I round up this session. Can you just talk to God? Based on what you have heard, pray to God and ask God to strengthen you. 
I need your grace, Lord, to follow. I have backslided. I know in my heart that I have backslides. Severally. Oftentimes, I come to church, but I'm not doing the right thing. My conscience is condemning me. The way I'm treating my wife, the relationship between me and my husband, the relationship between me and my brothers, the relationship between me and colleagues in the office. Oh, I have dumbled my hands into so many things and I've been hiding, hiding, hiding from you. And that's why sin has become so powerful. Because when you pamper sin and you cover sin and you pet sin, then sin will begin to grow. And you pray and say, God, please help me. Nehemiah prayed and said, we have sinned. Nehemiah did not exonerate himself. So don't exonerate yourself. Can you pray and say, God, forgive me my sins. Forgive me the sins of my family. Yes, Nigeria are 62, and we are blaming leaders. But let me begin with you. What contribution will I give? How, Lord, will I rise to make Nigeria better? National Rotation Agency have been talking to us to make Nigeria better. Character must begin. Change of life will begin. Let it begin with you. Let it begin with your children. Can you pray for this grace that the Lord will strengthen you and give you grace to stand. Grace to stand. Yes, you are struggling in life. God gave Nehemiah success. The Bible said in 52 weeks, that wall, that broken wall was accomplished. You are struggling with so many things, joke apart, that you have come to the presence of the Lord. You want to say, God, I need your help. I have labored and labored and I have toiled all through the night. But at your word, at your word, beginning from today, the first Sunday of the month, Lord, I lay my heart on this altar. Let my story change. Let my destiny change. And you want me to pray for you? It could be a difficult situation you are passing through. It could be an ailment. It could be a challenge in the family. It could be a challenge in your community. It could be a challenge in your office. And you want to lay it on this altar. I plead with you for this few minutes to come and let us talk to God. And I know that God will hear us. God who answered Nehemiah will answer you. Can you pray? Can you come and then we'll pray together? The Lord bless you. I'm just giving opportunity. I just felt led to pray in this dimension for breakthrough, for deliverance, for success. Because this is the beginning of the month. So God is about to do something new in your life. He's about to change your story. He's about to give you a testimony. He's about to cause you rise again. Can you just take your place on the altar? Can we take, I need you. Can we take, I need you. I need you every hour. Come forward, come forward to create space. You can't go back home with this burden at all. Please, my sister, you can come. It is all about you. It's a personal decision. He will heal you. Still back to this altar, you will return and give testimony. I need you. Nehemiah was able to give the testimony because he handed over everything to God. And God took over. Please come. Come, my sister. Come, my brother. You have been fighting this battle alone. But you want to say, God, take over this battle. Yes, the enemies, we are there. And they fought against Nehemiah. 
Nehemiah had people that opposed him. The Sambalat and the Tobiah. They stood toe to toe against God's servant. I don't know the opposition you are passing through. It may be a battle that you cannot fight. But you are saying today is the first Sunday of the week, of the month. Lord, I hand over this battle to you. I come to if there's no space, you can kneel wherever you are for the last time. I need the oh, I need every hour. of you on the altar, can you pray? And those of us standing, can we just stretch forth our hands towards them and begin to pray? You can as well pray for yourself. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Oh, what a wonderful time. How can I come to God's presence and go back empty-handed? The reason why you came that the Lord will bless you and change your story. And give you a testimony. So surrender this battle to him. You know the battle you'll be fighting. With forces of darkness. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers. That situation. Be it political. Economic situation. Family situation. Your business. It has been a battle. Father, as I enter this last quarter of the year, I surrender this battle unto you. I surrender this battle unto you. That battle of my daughter, that spiritual battle of my son, Father, I surrender unto you. I've come to the place of prayer. I've come because I know you hear and you answer. Look and live, my brother. Look to Jesus now. There's a word in his word. Hallelujah. It is only that you blue. For the last time, look and live. Look and live. My brother, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus now. And it is recorded. It's recorded in His Word. Hallelujah. It is only if you move. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Can you repeat this prayer after me? Say, Heavenly Father. I thank you for my life. I thank you for your grace upon me. I have come to Mount Zion. I have come to my maker. I have come to my savior. Heavenly Father, I call upon you. I call upon your name. In your name, there is power. In your name, there is mercy. In your name, there is salvation. In your name, there is healing. In your name, there is redemption. Father, have mercy upon my life. I confess my sins and the sins of my family. Like Nehemiah prayed and confessed his personal sin. Lord Jesus, if I have sinned against you, no willy, or oh, unknowingly, have mercy upon me. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Heavenly Father, I pray today, show me compassion. Show me mercy. Every battle of my life, I surrender unto you. Every battle in my family, 
every battle in my office, every battle in my business, I surrender unto you. Take over, take over, take over this battle. I believe you are able to give me victory. From today, every plan, every works of the enemy concerning my life is terminated, is terminated, is terminated. I receive my healing. I receive my deliverance. In the name of Jesus, I receive peace in my family, peace in my office, peace in my business, peace in my community. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Heavenly Father, for healing me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for restoring me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the answer prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Lift up your hand. I pray for you. The God of Nehemiah shall be your God. Church, I pray for you. The God of Nehemiah. Those of us seated, your hands up. The God of Nehemiah shall be your God. He will be gracious to you. He was gracious to Nehemiah. He will be gracious to you. He showed compassion to Nehemiah. He will show compassion to you. He gave favor to Nehemiah. He will show favor to you. In the name of Jesus, I pray whatsoever your hands could not accomplish between January and September, that you have entered the month of October, there shall be a testimony. I say a testimony. A testimony. In the name of Jesus, let barrenness go. In the name of Jesus, Father, we pray that we shall receive testimonies in this church in the name of Jesus. Every party you are fighting, the Lord takes over. Father, we thank you. The Bible says, proclaim to Israel and tell her it is well with her. As members of the church, I pray for you, it is well with you. It is well with your spirit. I pray for those who are sick, receive your healing. I say, receive your healing. Every yoke of infirmity, every yoke of infirmity, let affliction arise again in the life of your children, in your own life, in the life of your family, in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatsoever the doctor's report might be, we believe the report of the Lord. The what God says concerning you shall come to pass. Every open doors, I pray that no every open door shall be shut in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. You will rise again in your prayer life. You will rise again in your service to the Lord. You will rise again and be stronger. Those who have been laughing at you, they will see the hand of God upon your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your name. You are going liberated. You are going, your bodies are lifted because Jesus has answered you. In the name of God the Father, in the name of God the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let me hear louder. Amen. Celebrate the Lord and give him praise. As you return back to your seats. We are victorious. Yes, we are victorious. Glory. Who has given us victory? Victory. We are victorious. Yes, we are victorious. Glory be to God. Who has given One us victory? One more time. Victory. Let's rise as we close. Victory. We are victorious. Yes, we are victorious. Glory be to God who has given us victory. We are victorious. Yes, we are victorious. Glory be to God who has given us victory. Just lift your hand and worship Him. Thank Him. The honor of your life the sustainer of your breath. I pray for you that as you step out from this auditorium, there shall be no misfortune over your life. 
God will watch over you in all your journeys. The Lord will go ahead of you. I pray that you will enjoy his protection. He will tabernacle over you. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we bless your name. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. Let me bless your brother, your sister. Tell him of how remain blessed. In Jesus' name.